Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to today's episode of Women's Football Success. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. Today's episode is episode 1916. I know that BJ is going to put this um, episode on to Blog Talk Radio. I did not do a session last week because I was bogged down, bogged down with work and other things. So I'm not sure if she's going to put this on last week or this week, but um, I'm going to try and get ahead so that maybe we can get two episodes done this week. Real quick, again, this is episode 1916. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington, and my disclaimer is that I am an attorney licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. However, all the information that I provide, whether it be on the blog, the radio show, print or digital material, is all business information only, none of it, creates an attorney-client relationship between us, and therefore, if you need an attorney, you need to seek an attorney with experience in your type of law and that does uh, work in your jurisdiction. With that being said, if you want to look at any of the resources that I've provided on women's football success, uh, my the host is Super Small Biz because I'm also a business consultant, so I put women's football success as a a little section of my super small biz. I'm going to go over today scores in the WFA. Like I said, I'm behind a week, so I'm going to do week three and week four scores. And then I'm going to talk about some things that um, are going on with regards to the teams and then what we can do here in the coming weeks um, to take care of business. So let me get over to scores. I'm going to do week three first real quick. Most of you guys probably know this already, but this is more for the people that are um, getting on the radio show, um, not necessarily following women's football week to week, and are not staying on top of these things. So this is a radio show that can be heard um, anywhere in the world if they log into Blog Talk Radio, JC Hawk Network, and... Um, it creates a, a historical, chronological timeline for women's football. So I'm talking about 2019 women's football in the Women's Football Alliance, the WFA. And in week three, the New York Wolves went to Maine Mayhem and uh, beat them. It wasn't a, a big, big uh, scoring game. It was 13 to 8. 
Richmond Black Widows, zero at the Philly Phantoms, 33. The Toledo Reign went to Grand Rapids Tidal Waves and beat them 28-6. to And then we have a few uh, kind of blowouts here. Capital City Savage, zero at Columbus Vanguard, 40. Cincinnati Sizzle, zero to the Derby City Dynamite, 54. Knoxville Lightning, six at the... South Carolina Smash, 28, and the Jacksonville Dixie Blues, 0 to the Miami Fury, 50. And then a couple more close games. Um, Orlando Anarchy went to the Tampa Bay Inferno, and they won by just two points at 38 to 36. Mississippi Royalty went to Mississippi Panthers. Again, very close game, 30 to 26. Then the Arkansas Wildcats went to Tulsa and beat them six to zip. The Dallas Elite, we um, went to Houston and won 48 to zero. The Arlington Impact um, lost to the Houston Energy, 34 to 14. The, it's called the Camel, C-O-M-A-L, Camel County Camo. Um, Went and lost to the Austin Outlaws, 14-12. to Very close game. And then the Portland Fighting Shockwave, 35 at South Oregon, 20. The Oregon Hawks, 21 at Tacoma Trauma, 0. And then a couple more blowouts. Uh, Utah Blitz at the Nevada Storm. Nevada Storm beat them 54-0. to zip. And the Las Cruces de la Muerte went to... Mile High Blaze and beat the Mile High uh, won 40 to zip. And then Cali War beat Inland Empire 56 to zip. And the Wisconsin Dragons lost to the Minnesota Vikings. Viking, Vi sorry, Vikings. That's wrong. That's Vixen. Minnesota Vixen won 35 to 6. That was week three. Now we've already progressed to week four. Like I said, I did not do a radio show last week because I was just 2 2. Busy with a whole bunch of junk and um, needed to get all that stuff done. So let's talk about, this was just uh, this Saturday. Um, some better scores in, in different areas and some other ones that are, are still blowouts, but we'll talk about that a little bit more. So um, Philly went to Baltimore Nighthawks. Philly Phantoms to the Baltimore Nighthawks. Baltimore won 26-13. Um, a close game, Maine Mayhem, six, went to the Connecticut Hawks, seven, so a seven to six game. Cleveland Fusion beat the New York Wolves, 12 to, to zero. The Columbus Comets at Indy Crash, that was a forfeit uh, because the Indy Crash um, decided they wouldn't be able to do a season, uh, but it was already too, too close to the season for us to uh, change the scheduling. So that's considered a forfeit. Uh, Toledo Rain beat uh, Capital City Savage 20-3. to uh, Detroit Dark Angels beat the Cincinnati Sizzles 52 to zip. The Pittsburgh Passion beat the Grand Rapids Tidal Waves at home in Pittsburgh 53 to zip. St. Louis Slam beat Derby City 31 to 6. Music City Misfits 
beat Knoxville Lightning 64 to zip. The Inferno beat the Miami Fury 61 to 20. Here's a big, big score. Orlando Anarchy 81 at Jacksonville Dixie Blues 0. They just must have not been able to not been able to stop scoring. That's crazy. Um, Mile High Blaze was visited by the Kansas City Titans, but beat them nine to six. Wisconsin Dragons hosted the Iowa Phoenix and beat them fifty to six. Tulsa Threat hosted Acadiana Zydeco and beat them thirty six to zip. The Dallas Elite hosted Austin Outlaws and won 46-6. Looks like the Houston Power and the Camo County Camo were supposed to have a game that was a forfeit by Camo. And then let's see here. The Tacoma Trauma visited South Oregon Lady Gades and the Lady Gades came out on top 46-zip. To Portland... Fighting Shockwave went to Seattle Spartans but beat them 48 to 14. Rocky Mountain Thundercats beat the Utah Blitz 28 to zip. Cali War hosted the Phoenix Phantoms and beat them 54 or sorry 53 to zip. Sin City Trojans beat the Eastern Sierra Mustangs in their house at 64 to 6. Inland Empire went to Nevada Storm, and the Nevada Storm beat them handily, 60 to zip. Kern County Crusaders scored 14 at Ventura Wolfpack, beating them 14 to 6. New York Knockouts, a uh, close game against the Richmond Black Widows, but the Richmond Black Widows came out on top, 18 to 14. There was a forfeit, Tennessee Diamondbacks versus the Mississippi Royalty. Um, the Mississippi Royalty got that forfeit. And the Rio Grande Heat got a forfeit as well. Boston Renegade beat the DC Divas 37-32. to So those are the scores for week four around the WFA. There's a ton of games going on each week. What are the two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, 26, 27 games last week. Um, so things are just going crazy in the WFA. Let me share with you a couple pieces of news here real quick. Um, last week, Lori Locust accepted a position as a member of the WFA Advisory Board. That means that the WFA um, now has two advisory board members that are women that are currently officially full-time coaches in the NFL. Real, true official coaches, not internships, but full-time paid NFL workers, NFL coaches. That's pretty awesome. Super excited about that. So let's, let me get back. A couple of things that I want to talk about this week. Um, I talked about it two weeks ago. Um, I'm actually, this one's uh, recording for the May 1st 
um, episode, but I'm not sure if she's going to put it on or backdate it for last week, whichever is fine. Um, for those teams that are struggling, you still have time to recruit. Um, people are maybe uh, are not sure what to do or how to do that. Um, I talked about it a little bit on the last episode. Players, um, if you go look at the WFA bylaws, players that have no experience that you may be recruiting right now, um, there's no limit. There's no requirement as far as how many games they have to have played in the WFA to be eligible for playoff um, play. However, you may or may not want them to play um, with only a couple games under their belt experience-wise, but that's up to the team. As far as the bylaws go and the rules of the WFA, um, players um, are allowed to come on. A couple things about that, you know, some teams are not sure if they want to bring on new team members at this time, and it's something that you guys, you know, you have to have enough players to play. You know, people are still going to get injured each week, right? We know that. Um, but it also entails getting those people up to par, um, educating them on the foundations of football and the ins and outs of women's football before getting them out there um, and being ready for a game. Uh, players that have already played previously four teams um, have, have a different uh, rule um, or a different interpretation of the bylaw um, that they need to meet. But with that being said, if you are low on numbers, if you are having difficulty, it, you still have time to recruit. I want to share with everybody um, kind of my next topic is um, some, teams, some teams get frustrated, some teams get down on themselves um, if things didn't go the way that they planned, um, whether that is as a host of a game or on the field play, however that is. I wanted to share with you guys that the idea that what we do on our team is at the end of each week, we, we kind of do a regrouping. So, for example, I'm trying to think of something. Um, if the water didn't get put in the away team's locker room at the right time, you know, we sit, we talk about that. What, what can we do? Is it, is it a schedule issue or is it just somebody that dropped the ball? Um, so far, we haven't had that happen. We, we're pretty organized. We have a pretty um, standard set of rules, but not all teams do. So I recommend people making up maybe even a um, project management plan. You can do it on Excel. Um, I call it, you know, project management. We have our inch pebbles and who's responsible to, to do which task. Delegate authority, delegate those tasks out that um, can be done by other people, whether it's chain gang, whether it's getting water, whether it's getting stuff on the sideline, um, whether it's the scheduling for pregame warmups, however that works, getting the announcer in their booth, getting the camera set up, whatever it is, make sure that you are doing that. Now, I put a template on women's football success for um, teams to do that and for the WFA so that the, the teams could have kind of a template to start with. Uh, you don't have to do things exactly the way that I do them. This is just an example. You guys may have different things that 
you're having to do, maybe um, a choir or a band is doing your national anthem as opposed to a recording. Um, so that, that's obviously going to be set up a little differently than just getting a CD up to the announcer, right? Um, my goal here this week going into week four is we're still on the beginning of the season. So any mess ups or any things that you need to fix are you still have time to fix them. Um, there's some things that are more difficult to fix. For example, um, football. Um, I'm a believer in the foundations of football. Um, we spend a lot of time in our um, practices working on fundamentals, but that started in November, December, January. Bringing players on now, it's more difficult to get them caught up on the fundamentals because if you do that during a practice, then you're wasting the time of the people that have been there the whole season. So if that's something that you guys are looking at or need to do, I suggest having um, those newest recruits um, do some catch-up sessions on Chalk Talk, foundational uh, football concepts, etc. Because your team still needs to progress, but it gets kind of confusing to a new recruit if you're already, you know, A to Z and you're already on M. It's really, really hard to catch up. Um, football is very similar. I, I kind of say it's similar to math where you're not going to be able to do trigonometry until you've done geometry. You're not going to be able to do geometry until you've done algebra and you understand those concepts. With that being said, there are some shortcuts that can be taken um, by the coaching staff to get people there faster. So it's very important to regroup after a game. You know, if your team had three or four or five injuries this week and you're really going to be struggling for the next couple of weeks, now is the time to fix those situations and keep going. Um, again, regroup after the game and move move ahead but do what you can to um, continue making the 2019 season your best season yet okay the other thing that i really wanted to talk about um, every year it seems that somebody's talking about blowouts um, really high scoring games against a really high scoring team against a very low scoring team. And during the NFL, I, I you know made jokes, oh my gosh, another blowout. Because blowouts happen in the NFL. They do. It, it's, I know people might be surprised by that, but they do. Um, and some people complain about the blowouts in the WFA or in the women's football in general. I get that. We understand that. But there's not much that we can do as owners um, to fix or change that. Now, as a I get, let me say this: as a team that is the high scorer, there's not much we can do. We can put in second string and third string people to try not to score and not to have raise, you know, high um, deficits. High, you know, high score against a low score, right? Now, the teams that are having the low scores, zero, 
six, whatever, low scoring side of the equation um, can do several things um, to make changes with that. But all around women's football, there's a, there are several games week after week that are blowouts. And I want to share with you guys, everybody knows this. There's no reason to keep complaining about it. Um, the idea would be, you know, to create a solution rather than just whine about it, right? Blowouts are going to be fixed by quality of football. If It doesn't matter if a team has been around for two years or seven years. The quality of football is subjective, okay? Because a team that's been around seven years could have split three times, could have a bad year, could have no sponsors this year, could have low numbers on players this year, whatever. It, it, every, every season is a new season for each team. Yes, one team might have more experience than the other, but that doesn't mean that they have a, a significant number of players that have more experience. For example, the Dallas Elite right now, we have approximately 10 to 12 veterans that have played football more than one year or two years. And then the other 35, 30 to 35, are rookies. But the team has been around for five years. Same thing, for example, with Pittsburgh Passion. They've been around a number of years. This year they decided to go, I think they're a Division Three team. They've never been a Division Three team for as long as I can remember. Um, but whatever happened in the offseason... The, the team changed and their division three, uh, they chose to be in division three for competition this year. Okay, with that being said, people go back and forth. Um, it's, it's super frustrating to have non-owners um, talk about these things when they don't, they don't deal with them as an owner or as a team. But the divisions, and I'll share with you because my experience with the divisions because I was out of women's football for about five years. When, I, when we played and we owned the Lone Star Mustangs, the Tulsa Eagles, and the Little Rock Wildcats, we were all one division. Everybody was the same. Um, whether you had 10 years experience or two weeks experience, you were all the same and you were all um, supposed to win football games, right? I mean, let's face it. We're all supposed to win football games. Um, but people complained about the fact that there were teams that had been in existence for 20 years going up against teams that have been in existence 20 days. And people didn't like that. And so the answer to that, um, people talked a lot about creating divisions. Again, I, we were out of women's football the year that the divisions were created. The idea is, is that there's a Division One, Division Two, and Division Three, um, and there are stipulations as to the qualifications, um, the voluntary part of it, and then when you have to move up or down a division, whatever. 
Um, I don't get too deep into that because we're division one. We're going to stay division one. We always want to be division one. Um, so we don't um, really deal with the division separation. The problem with divisions, and this has been the problem in the beginning, and it's going to continue to be the problem, is that no matter what, if you have divisions, you are going to play teams that are not in your division. Why? Travel costs, right? The only way to fix that would be to have 60 teams in Division One, 60 teams in Division Two, and 60 teams in Division Three. That way, travel costs for all the teams could be reasonable, and teams would only play teams in their division. Now, it's ludicrous. It's not going to happen. So what are the other options? The other option was having divisions and playing cross-division games and setting up a ranking system like Massey to evaluate teams, right? So that's how it came about. Is it working? I don't know. Um, do people complain about it? Yes. Uh, what can we do about it? There's a couple of things we can do about it. We can eliminate the divisions again and go back to normal. Everybody has equal opportunity to play, right? We can set up two divisions where there's a division one and a division two. And you, you know, work your way up each year and set specific limitations for what is a division one and division two team. But again, you'll still have to play division one and division two teams, even if there's just two divisions because of cost of travel. So the solutions that I can come up with to reducing the number of blowouts and the difficulty of the divisions is one, eliminating divisions again, and two, bringing up the quality of the football play. Bringing up the quality of the football um, is, is a holistic component of women's football. That includes the coaching staff, the quality of the coaching staff, the um, processes and procedures of training the players, the players' attendance at practice, the players' understanding of women's football and um, their team's particular uh, plays and schemes, etc. So it requires several different components, all which are doable, right? If we can get the right coaches in place, coaching the right players, having the players attend several practices and getting um, great knowledge of women's football would change the quality of each team's play. That, in conjunction with something happening with the divisions, may be the answer to having less blowouts and confusion in the ranking of the teams. 
for me, I really don't have an opinion on whether we should have divisions or not. Because we stay Division One and we're going to be Division One, we we won't go down to Division Two. Um, we are competing for the championship of Division One at all times. I can understand where teams coming in new don't feel like they're ready to compete in a Division Two or or One uh, scenario, and therefore they they want to take some baby steps into women's football. I get that. I totally get that. Um, what I'm trying to do is create some resources for these teams so that it doesn't take seven, eight, nine, ten years to get to a competitive level, whether that be football related or financially uh, competitive. So I hope that those resources help them to um, reduce the learning curve, I guess you could say, so that maybe in one to two years, two to three years, they can um, be having enough money financially to do the things that they need to do. Um, I understand it's very difficult to um, hold quality practices um, when you can't afford to get a quality venue or, um, you know, when it rains or snows, you can't afford to go inside. Um, I get that. And, and that happens to several teams. But there are still some resources that you can use to take advantage of that time. And um, I'm sharing that with the WFA uh, teams. And hopefully they are implementing those on their teams to uh, make things better and better each year. So I feel that that's pretty much the only way that we can reduce blowouts. Um, I don't think that we'll ever eliminate blowouts because it's just, you know, it's going to happen coincidentally sometimes. Um, but we can reduce the number of blowouts by increasing the quality of play of uh, several teams. Um, so hopefully we can get that all squared away here this year and next year and um, continue to move and grow. Um, a shout out, I just wanna do real quick before um, I uh, get done with today, I wanna do a shout out to BJ with Blog Talk Radio. She's been a, um, a pillar of women's football for a number of years, participating in women's football in, in various facets um, in Sacramento, uh, Northern California area, um, and hosting this um, network of radio shows uh, along with J.C. Hawk's radio show um, with uh, Coach Johnson. Uh, the last thing that I want to talk about for today's episode is Pre-planning. So right now, like I said, we are in week four of the WFA. Let me come over here real quick. Do, 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 do. Each team plays eight regular season games. However, we have those separated out into 11 weeks. So that includes a couple bye weeks per team. And then I believe it's Memorial Day weekend. Let me look. 
Nope, we go all the way through, it looks like. I was thinking that Memorial Day weekend, um, there were no games, but that's not true. There are a few games scheduled for Memorial Day weekend, and that's probably um, due to scheduling conflicts during the rest of the um, weeks. But we have 11 weeks of play for our eight regular season games. We're currently at week four. So it's not, you know, an emergency to start planning for playoff travel. But I will suggest that if you're in week four and you are having a very, very good season thus far, if you are undefeated in week four and then going into week five, I always suggest that teams start their postseason fundraising, okay? It's never too early to do this. Um, the issue is, is that once you hit week 11, you have a very short amount of time to get ready for postseason play or playoff play, right? So... If, for example, I don't know, I'm coming up with scenarios and the coaches know exactly which possibilities we could go here or there or whatever, but um, let's just give an example of, I don't know, Houston having to travel to Oregon or California or let's say Florida traveling to Maine. Um, I'm not sure if those specific scenarios can actually occur. The idea is to get in your mind that postseason travel is very, very expensive and getting 30, 40, 50 women um, from Houston to California or to Maine or to Oregon or to Iowa um, can be very costly and therefore pre-planning is a must. Um, I'd hate to see people that get actually make it into the playoffs but then cannot participate in the playoff because of lack of funds. So if we could start planning something now in week four, going into week five, to start fundraising week six and seven, and another one maybe for week eight and nine, or nine and 10, you could get two to three fundraisers done for postseason um, and have a, a good chunk of money to help get you guys to the playoff destination. I hope this stuff helps you guys. I hope that the information that I'm providing to you kind of gives some guidance on what you should be doing now, what comes next, etc. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, issues, whatever, um, don't tell me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can reach out to me via Dallas Elite. You can reach out via WFA Women's Football. You can reach out via Women's Football Success or any of my other websites. Feel free to call my phone number. If you call 479-747-3693, um, anytime I'm not in the office, it, it goes directly to my voicemail or to my cell phone, and uh, I can um, talk to you. The only time that I don't answer my phone are either when I'm in court with a client or I'm busy with my grandson or something. 
um, please leave a message and I will get back to you as soon as possible. I hope you guys have a great week in women's football. This next week we have uh, several matchups um, that are going to be very interesting. Starting to make, um, starting to decide who who's going where and, and what's happening within uh, women's football. So I'm excited to see what happens here in week five. Um, the Dallas Elite are going to host the Houston Energy. Um, so that should be an interesting game. I'm excited for that. If you guys have any questions, feel free to give me a call. Thanks for listening, and you guys have a great week. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.